It is day one of the Northland Field Days at Dargaville, Coomera, growing country. I'm in search of Winston Peters, can't find him, but I think I've got the next best thing, or maybe even better. Jen Corcoran from Rabobank, who's up there. And Jen, you're sort of new blood on the show, if you don't mind me saying so. Um, how long have you been with Rabobank? Hi, Jamie. It's nice to be here from uh, sunny Dargaville today. Uh, I've been with Rabo since the end of... Well, middle of November now, so just a few months into the role. Um, but, yeah, very exciting times um, in the sheep and beef space. You do beef and lamb in your role, and I would be fair to say that beef's faring better than lamb at the moment. It would be fair to say that, uh, Jamie, and the, the Beef Quarterly uh, is a global report that we've just completed, and, and, the, and the findings of that would, would pretty much um, Tune well to, to, to a positive outlook, I guess, for beef for 2024. How much of this is being driven by the US as opposed to China? Because we used to send more to China than we do to the US, but my understanding is, and I think I read that in your report when I uh, cast my eye over it, Jen, that we're actually sending an equal amount of beef to both markets now. Yes, that was the sort of one of the big key things in the New Zealand part of the report that was pointed out. And I know since 2019, I think it was, uh, China's been sort of our biggest volume and value for beef meat um, out of New Zealand. But this year, what we've seen is the US, I think it was 36% apiece in terms of the value of the beef that we're sending off was also to the US. Now, there's a, there's a few reasons for this, and the big one is that the US cow herd is at its lowest level, and I'm sure many people have heard about this, since 1961, so over 60 years so double the time since the Aussies beat us on home soil, I guess, in the cricket, <laughs> um, which means that they're looking they're looking elsewhere for, to fill the domestic um, consumption piece. Where and we're, we're sort of well placed to provide, especially some of those lean comings in terms of you know beefing up their burgers. <laughs> the world economies are still looking pretty flat in 2024, and one of the take-home messages, in fact, your key headline, is that global beef consumption is tipped to flatline or dip marginally in 2024, and this is basically just a response to the economy. That's right, Jamie, and you know beef is a, a premium protein in the market and we've got a pressure on spending out there. So where people may be eating beef three times a week, you know, when things are more challenging out there, it may only be twice. And also what we've seen is that the value uh, of the beef people are wanting to buy has gone down. So that's affecting things too. And in China, it's the big driver there, really. Um, it's just that spending pace in terms of the beef consumption. Yeah, and one more take-home message from your report. If China's recovery is better than expected, and I wouldn't hold my breath on that one, Jen, global beef markets could become quite tight, fueling price rises. So there is a potential upside, but once again, uh, and this is a, an old, old story, we're dependent, so dependent on China. That's right. And, um, you know, if, if China's start spending again, then um, things are, going, are looking pretty cheery for us. And to be honest with the US piece there, um, we're expecting things to be pretty good for the New Zealand beef markets. You know, Australia and Brazil beef production is up, but that demand from US is really going to fuel good production. So if we also see it from China, then, um, then things will be looking pretty rosy, I would say. Hey, Jen Corcoran, out of Rabobank, you enjoy day one of the Northland Field Days at Dargaville and the heat there. Thanks, Jamie. Great to talk. And, um, yeah, I might be just lathering myself up with sunscreen about now, I think.